Welcome to Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm Jill. Today's the 18th day of January, and it's so good to be here with you. I am so thrilled that you are here on this journey of allowing God to speak to you, uh, whether you realize that's what's happening or not. Allowing Him to speak through His Word. It's important for every believer to be in the Word of God and to know what it says for itself. We adapt so many different beliefs from things that people say, and then we read it and find out, oh, wait a minute, that was never in there, or that was in there? Nobody's ever told me that before. (laughs) This is good to know ourselves what is in the Word of God. And the point being, I'm really glad that you are here discovering that for your own self. We're going to continue in Genesis today, right where we left off yesterday, Genesis chapters 19 through 21. And this week we're reading the Christian Standard Bible. Genesis chapter 19. The two angels entered Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting in Sodom's gateway. When Lot saw them, he got up to meet them. He bowed with his face to the ground and said, My lords, turn aside to your servant's house, wash your feet, and spend the night. Then you can get up early and go on your way. No, they said, we would rather spend the night in the square. But he urged them so strongly that they followed him and went into his house. He prepared a feast and baked unleavened bread for them, and they ate. Before they went to bed, the men of the city of Sodom, both young and old, the whole population surrounded the house. They called out to Lot and said, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Send them out to us so we can have sex with them. Lot went out to them at the entrance and shut the door behind him. He said, Don't do this evil, my brothers. Look, I've got two daughters who haven't been intimate with a man. I'll bring them out to you, and you can do whatever you want to them. However, don't do anything to these men, because they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of the way, they said, adding. This one came here as an alien, but he's acting like a judge. Now we'll do more harm to you than to them. They put pressure on Lot and came up to break down the door. But the angels reached out, brought Lot into the house with them, and shut the door. They struck the men who were at the entrance of the house, both young and old, with blindness, so that they were unable to find the entrance. Then the angels said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here? A son-in-law? Your sons and daughters or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of this place, for we are about to destroy this place because the outcry against its people is so great before the Lord that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were going to marry his daughters. Get up, he said. Get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. At daybreak, the angels urged Lot on, Get up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he hesitated. Because of the Lord's compassion for him, the men grabbed his hand, his wife's hand, and the hand of his two daughters. They brought him out and left him outside the city. 
as soon as the angels got them outside, one of them said, run for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere on the plain. Run to the mountains or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, no, my lords, please. Your servant has indeed found favor with you and you have shown me great kindness by saving my life, but I can't run to the mountains. The disaster will overtake me and I will die. Look, this town is close enough for me to flee to. It's a small place. Please let me run to it. It's only a small place, isn't it? So that I can survive? And he said to him, All right, I'll grant your request about this matter too and will not demolish the town you mentioned. Hurry up, run to it, for I cannot do anything until you get there. Therefore, the name of the city is Zor. The sun had risen over the land when Lot reached Zor. Then out of the sky the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah, burning sulfur from the Lord. He demolished these cities, the entire plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and whatever grew on the ground. But Lot's wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. Early in the morning, Abraham went to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down towards Sodom and Gomorrah and all the land of the plain, and he saw that smoke was going up from the land like the smoke of a furnace. So it was, when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham and brought Lot out of the middle of the upheaval when he demolished the cities where Lot had lived. Lot departed from Zor and lived in the mountains along with his two daughters because he was afraid to live in Zor. Instead, he and his two daughters lived in a cave. Then the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man in the land to sleep with us, as is the custom of all the land. Come, let's get our father to drink wine, so that we can sleep with him and preserve our father's line. So they got their father to drink wine that night, and the firstborn came and slept with her father. He did not know when she lay down or when she got up. The next day the firstborn said to the younger, Look, I slept with my father last night. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight so you can sleep with him and we can preserve our father's line. That night they again got their father to drink wine and the younger went and slept with him. He did not know when she lay down or when she got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The firstborn gave birth to a son and named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites of today. The younger also gave birth to a son and she named him Ben Amai. He is the father of the Ammonites of today. From there, Abraham traveled to the region of the Negev and settled between Kadesh and Shur. While he was staying in Gerar, Abraham said about his wife, Sarah, She is my sister. So King Abimelech of Gerar had Sarah brought to him. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, You are about to die because of the woman you have taken, for she is a married woman. Now Abimelech had not approached her, so he said, Lord, would you destroy a nation even though it is innocent? Didn't he himself say to me, She is my sister? And she herself said, He is my brother. I did this with a clear conscience and clean hands. Then God said to him in the dream, Yes, I know that you did this with a clear conscience. I have also kept you from sinning against me. 
Therefore, I have not let you touch her. Now return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not return her, know that you will certainly die, and all who are yours. Early in the morning, Abimelech got up, called all his servants together, and personally told them all these things, and the men were terrified. Then Abimelech called Abraham in and said to him, What have you done to us? How did I sin against you that you have brought such enormous guilt on me and on my kingdom? You have done things to me that should never be done. Abimelech also asked Abraham, What made you do this? Abraham replied, I thought, There is absolutely no fear of God in this place. They will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she really is my sister, the daughter of my father, though not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. So when God had me wander from my father's house, I said to her, Show your loyalty to me wherever we go and say about me, He's my brother. Then Abimelech took flocks and herds and male and female slaves, gave them to Abraham and returned his wife Sarah to him. Abimelech said, Look, my land is before you. Settle wherever you want. And he said to Sarah, Look, I am giving your brother 1,000 pieces of silver. It is a verification of your honor to all who are with you. You are fully vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female slaves, so that they could bear children. For the Lord had completely closed all the wombs in Abimelech's household on account of Sarah, Abraham's wife. The Lord came to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the appointed time God had told him. Abraham named his son who was born to him, the one Sarah bore to him, Isaac. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and everyone who hears will laugh with me. She also said, Who would have told Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne a son for him in his old age. The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham held a great feast on the day Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son mocking, the one Hagar, the Egyptian, had borne to Abraham. So she said to Abraham, Drive out the slave with her son, for the son of this slave will not be a co-heir with my son Isaac. This was very distressing to Abraham because of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed about the boy and about your slave. Whatever Sarah says to you, listen to her, because your offspring will be traced through Isaac, and I will also make a nation of the slave's son because he is your offspring. Early in the morning, Abraham got up, took bread and a water skin, put them on Hagar's shoulders and sent her and the boy away. She left and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water and the skin was gone, she left the boy under one of the bushes and went and sat at a distance, about a bow shoot away, for she said, I can't bear to watch the boy die. While she sat at a distance, she wept loudly. God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What's wrong, Hagar? Don't be afraid, for God has heard the boy crying from the place where he is. 
get up, help the boy up, and grasp his hand, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well. So she went and filled the water skin and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy, and he grew. He settled in the wilderness and became an archer. He settled in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. At that time, Abimelech, accompanied by Phicol, the commander of his army, said to Abraham, God is with you in everything you do. Swear to me by God here and now that you will not break an agreement with me or with my children and descendants, as I have been loyal to you, so you will be loyal to me and to the country where you are a resident alien. And Abraham said, I swear it. But Abraham complained to Abimelech because of the well that Abimelech's servants had seized. Abimelech replied, I don't know who did this thing. You didn't report anything to me, so I hadn't heard about it until today. Abraham took flocks and herds and gave them to Abimelech, and the two of them made a covenant. Abraham separated several ewe lambs from the flock, and Abimelech said to Abraham, Why have you separated these seven ewe lambs? He replied, You are to accept the seven ewe lambs from me so that this act will serve as my witness that I dug this well. Therefore that place was called Beersheba, because it was there that the two of them swore an oath. After they had made a covenant at Beersheba, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, left and returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there he called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham lived as an alien in the land of the Philistines for many days. Let's think back all the way to yesterday. I think I told us there was a lot happening uh, in these days of just a few chapters in the Bible, but so much detail and so many parts to the story happening. And today proves that to be true as well. We have uh, many events that took place. We have the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah after Abraham is all but begging God, will you not destroy it if you can find, basically, if you can find any righteous person, will you spare their lives? And if this sounds reminiscent to the story of Noah and the flood, it is. But let's remember this. God is not looking for perfection. And I think this is a distinct difference that we need to make. We are not talking about the perfect Christianity. We're talking about righteousness. We are saying that God is looking for somebody that is righteous. And I can't speak about what I don't know. That is my vow throughout this entire year of journey. I will not speculate and speak through speculation of what I do not know or understand yet myself. But in case you are thinking, but what about the story of Lot? And after he lost his wife because she looked back, after she was told not to look back, to keep 
going? What about these two daughters that head to the cave and sleep with their father and get them drunk? Isn't that evil? I think that's a fair question, and we have to understand the context of what is happening in the world. These two women would be childless. There would be no future for them. They are running to territory where they do not know. There may be no men. There is no future lineage for them without this happening. So this is why context is very important. Uh, it just shifts It shifts the narrative. And I know sometimes it shifts the narratives and causes more questions than answers, but that's okay. This is why we said there's going to be some wrestling. You're going to wrestle through some of this scripture. And then as we continue, several other things, important things happen, but we have the birth of Isaac, which will be and is one of the patriarchs of the faith. And then I told us yesterday to hold on to this little piece when Hagar calls God Elroy, the God who sees. And just a little piece that stuck out to me today, all the way at the end of the reading. Now we have Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there he called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. I love that we're experiencing the introduction of the names of God, and we are doing this because they're experiencing God in such a personal way and how he interacts with them in their stories, in these stories. And I hope that it might cause us to think about the name of God. Who is God to us? Yes, God is God. There is none other beside, below, above. But maybe, maybe through the evolution of our understanding and getting to know him and learning more about him through his word and experiencing relationship with him, maybe he will become so personal to us that we will have our own name for him. And it will come in a way because we will experience him in a real and tangible way that will change our life. So Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for understanding. We thank you for showing yourself true and real to these patriarchs of the Bible, to these men and women who have influenced and continue to influence and shape our lives. We identify our own stories and their stories makes us feel not so alone. It makes us feel understood and seen and possibly even known. We thank you that you see us, you know us, and you love us. We thank you for how your word has spoken to us today. We love you. And we pray this now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen daily audio bible that's home base check it out if you have not take a look around the website if you'd like to partner with us we thank you so much for your partnership we could not do this without you if you're giving by mail dab p.o box 1996 spring hill tennessee 37174 
or hit the give icon. It's up at the top right hand corner of your mobile device. And lastly, you can look for the give icon on the website. If you need prayer, if you'd like to pray for someone that's previously called in several different ways for you to do so, 800-583-2164 or hit the red circle button up at the top right hand corner of your mobile device. Again, you have two minutes on the prayer line. Hit submit, turn the wheel over to chronological and it will get to the right place. That's it for me today. I'm Jill. We'll turn the page together tomorrow as the story continues and the stories of our own lives continue. I'm Jill. Until then, love one another. Hi, my name is Katie. I'm from Hamilton, Ontario. And I am just calling to ask for prayers for um, everyone involved in the situation that happened here yesterday. Um, there was a 15-year-old boy walking home from school and he was hit by a car driven by another 15-year-old right outside of their the high school they both went to. And the boy who was hit died in the hospital last night. Um, so I just... I don't know. I'm just asking for prayers for everybody involved in this horrible, horrible situation. Um, and also, I'm a, I'm a nurse in an IC in the ICU, um, one of the ICUs here in Hamilton. And I'm just thinking also of the healthcare workers and nurses that looked after this boy in our children's hospital. It's just they see traumatizing things all the time, but this is especially. Um, traumatizing. So if, if um, I could just ask for prayers for everybody involved um, in that, that God's comfort would be with them somehow. Thanks. Bye. Hi, this is Pure Heart from Tennessee. I just wanted to call in um, a few prayers for um, some of our dab seers. Tamika that needs a kidney transplant. Um, Toulon from Johannesburg and Yolanda. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, that um, you are Jehovah Rapha. Father God, we're asking you just to do a healing touch on uh, Tamika's kidneys. Lord, you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. But if you choose a different route, Father God, we ask that there will be a, a living donor with the exact match that Tamika needs in order for her uh, kidneys to function correctly. And when she gets it, that it'll be a good match and it will last. It will not reject her body. Father God, we pray for Tulane um, that open doors will be available for him to get into a university so he can start his path on the way that you would have him go. And Father God, we pray for Yolanda with um, the passing of her niece and her mom recently. Lord, I just ask that you would bless that family and give them peace that passes all understanding. Father God, comfort them like only you can. And we just ask, Father God, that there'll be um, lots of unity and coming together in the midst of these tragedies. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 
Good morning, Dapsy. This is Tanya calling from Suffolk. Today is Friday, January the 13th. I want to pray for the missing girl, a 16-year-old girl named Grace, and then redeemed from Florida in regards to her having issues with her hands and her husband's um, business has slowed down some. Heavenly Father, I lift these two names to you, Lord. Before I start asking for anything, Heavenly Father, I just want to say, Lord, we love you, Lord God. We thank you for being the almighty God that you are. I'm asking, Lord God, that you just bring grace home. Uh, wrap your loving arms around her wherever she may be. I speak divine protection right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, I bind the enemy. I'm trusting, believing in you, Lord God, that she is safe wherever she's at. And once again, I'm praying for a safe return home. Heavenly Father, I'm asking for divine healing in regards to um, the young lady's hands. Father, I'm just trusting, believing in you right now, Lord God, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Heavenly Father. I'm asking, Lord God, that their business, Lord God, would just blossom, Heavenly Father. I'm just trusting, believing in you right now for abundance, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. As always, you guys, I love you all. Continue to be encouraged. And I just thank God for each and every one of you. Have a wonderful day. Hello, DABC family. This is Diana from Florida. And I want to pray for Grace, a 16-year-old young girl who's missing in Alaska since December 28th. Dear Jesus, I want to cry out to you. I want to cry out to you for grace. Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray that you bring this young girl home. Please, God, bring her home. Bring her home. Jesus, bring her home to her family. Who wants her back? Whom I can imagine is in so much pain. Oh, Lord wondering where she is, wanting her to be safe, to be warm. I can't imagine the colds in Alaska, her out, and who knows. And so Jesus, I pray for a miracle. I pray that you would bring her home and bring this family much needed closure in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, that your presence would surround this family as they wait in anticipation for the return of their baby girl. And I pray, Lord God, that their faith would be unshakable, that they would be steadfast in seeking you, that this would bring them closer to you and to each other in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God, for the miracle. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. This is Susan from South Carolina with a praise report and an update. I ask you guys to please pray for a friend whose granddaughter, Grace, was missing in Anchorage, Alaska. Grace has been found and she is safe. Thank you all so much for praying for her and praise God for answered prayer.